Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Today, when you send a care food package overseas, you do more than lend help to a needy person. You make a friend for America on a personal basis. Presidents Hoover, Truman, and Eisenhower have endorsed care, calling it a person-to-person expression of international goodwill. Right now, in Asia, millions of people are living on an inadequate diet. In Korea, half the population, about 10 million people, have either lost their homes and land or have been ruined by inflation and are dependent on relief. Care packages are the most efficient economical way to send food and clothing to these stricken people. CARE is a non-profit organization, and because of its large volume, makes it possible to send more per dollar than individuals or groups can send any other way. For just $6.95, CARE delivers the new budget food package in 14 European countries. If you don't feel you can pay for a full package yourself, contribute what you can to CARE New York or CARE Los Angeles, or forward your contribution through your local postmaster. Mr. and Mrs. McGee are flying east tonight on the midnight plane. They're going to a Navy shipyard to demonstrate Mr. McGee's fabulous new discovery, a quick-drying cement that holds steel plates together like iron. Here's Mrs. McGee at the Wistful Vista Airport right now. My goodness, this is exciting. The midnight plane to Philadelphia. I wish McGee would come inside with me to pick up our tickets instead of waiting in the car. <laughs> He's so cloak and dagger about everything Guarding that briefcase with his glue formula in it Like it was full of H-bombs Oh, oh, pardon oh, I'm sorry Pardon me I'm afraid I wasn't watching where I was going That's quite all right My fault, Mrs. McGee Oh? Do I know you, sir? I don't think I Oh, uh, no, I uh, just noticed your name on your luggage tag there Oh, yes My husband put it on there with crayons So we wouldn't lose it he does have a rather large hand, doesn't he? He always said, Where did that man disappear to so quick? Hmm. Oh, well. Attention, northbound passengers. Attention, please. Flight 7 leaves in six minutes from gate 5 for Fort Orange, New York, Three Rivers, Michigan, and two Ronto, Ontario, Canada. Two Ronto, Ontario. <laughs> He's got his own little numbers game. Oh, this must be where I pick up the tickets. Excuse me, young man. Yes, madam? Is this the reservation Attention desk? all passengers for flight three to sunny California. Have your luggage and umbrellas ready. <laughs> He's quite a card, isn't he? Yes. Before he dealt himself in, I was asking... Yes, it is. Is there something yes, I... Yes, you can. I'd like to... Where to? Philadelphia. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all filled up. No space left. Why don't you go to Fort Worth? There's a fine city, and we have some empty seats on the Fort Worth flight. No, thank you. My husband and I are going to Philadelphia. Say, how about Chicken Run, Montana? Oh, you love Montana this time of the year. Much prettier than Philadelphia. My name is McGee, Mrs. F. McGee, and I think you have a reservation to Philadelphia. Oh, well, that's different. Why didn't you say so? 
Yes, indeed. I have your reservations right here and all paid. Good. Uh, you McGee's must be pretty big stuff. This ticket order came from the Pentagon. You aren't a lady general, are you? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but our business in the East is confidential. Oh, everybody's business is confidential. This is a terribly frustrating job. Oh? Especially for a man who's naturally nosy, like me. Come on, be a good sport and just give me a hint so I can tell my wife I found out something for a change. Oh, it's really nothing you or your wife would be interested in. Just a routine business trip. Oh, with a routine business, are you? What sort of routines do you do? Song and dance? Jokes? May I just have the tickets, please? All right, if you're going to be close-mouthed about it. There you are, flight 425. Do you represent some foreign government that... Uh... I tell you, young man, you're wasting your time. It's just a simple business trip. I'm not asking for myself. It's for Henrietta. If you could see the way she looks at me when I come home at night and she says, What's new? And I, I say, Nothing. If you were just to spy or something so I could give her a thrill... Excuse me, my husband is out in the car and I'd better call him. We haven't much time. Of all the nosy... Oh, I didn't see you standing behind me there, sir. I didn't expect you to turn around so suddenly, Mrs... Uh, ma'am, uh, just waiting for a friend. Him again. Strange-looking man. McGee, everything's all set. You can come in now. Okay, kiddo. All right, men. Let's go. Up, two, three, four, up, two, three, four, up, two, three, four, up, two, three, company, halt. I'll throw them off. Oh, just a simple business trip, huh? That's the first time I ever saw a passenger come in here surrounded by three men and holding a briefcase over his face. McGee, for heaven's sake. Oh, hi, kiddo. Oh, will Henrietta love this? I'll have something to tell him. Well, did you get the tickets okay, Molly? At ease, men. You can talk now. Hiya, Molly. Hi, daughter. Hello, boys. The reason I sent you in first was so as not to arouse suspicion, you see, Molly. This is a dangerous mission, and we don't want to attract any attention. That's why Wimp and Doc and the old timer and me waited outside. Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. The vacation days ahead, days of fun and relaxation for most Americans, are anything but fun for the forest ranger. He knows they are disastrous days for America's rich forest land. During the summer months, thousands of vacationing families all too often leave destruction in their wake. Only 10% of all forest fires are due to lightning. The rest are due to human carelessness or indifference. A traveler flips a lighted match or cigarette from his moving car. A camper leaves his glowing fire unattended. A hunter or fisherman tosses his smoke into the dry grass. A farmer or rancher underestimates the power of draft and wind and burning trash. And the result is a fire that may ravish thousands of acres. Remember, people start fires. If you'll memorize these rules and abide by them when in or near forest land, you can help save America's forests. One, crush out cigarette, cigar, and pipe ashes. Two, break matches in two after using. Three, drown all campfires, then stir and drown again. Four, find out the law before using fire. I'm sorry, kiddo, I couldn't hear what you said. I said he was a strange-looking man, and he was standing right there a minute ago, but I don't see him now. Are you sure he called you by name, my dear? Yes, but he said he noticed it written on my baggage tag. It's in big letters in crayon. Oh, well, that's different. I'm not so sure, Doc. Sounds suspicious to me. I agree with Johnny here, kids. 
After all, that secret formula he's got in that briefcase that he's taken to the Philadelphia Navy Yard is secret. Shh. We don't want an enemy spy to come Shh. out here. Right down. I'm crying out loud. Not so loud. Oh, I clean forgot. Well. Oh, you're supposed to have peanut butter sandwiches in there. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. It just slipped out when my tonsils weren't looking. Can you ever forgive me, son? Oh, that's all right, Mr. Oldtimer. My goodness. Give him a handkerchief, dearie. Ah, uh, here. Forget it, old-timer. There's no harm done. Yeah, could happen to anyone with a poor memory and a rich voice. But this is going to be a lesson to me. Uh, oh, yeah, Buster. Is there something you wanted? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, light. I wonder if one of you would be so kind as to give me a light for my cigar. It's lit. Oh, well, so it is. I beg your pardon. Oh, there's that friend I've been waiting for. Uh, sorry to have troubled you. What's the matter with that guy? Don't even know whether his cigar is lit or not. He must be smoking your brand, Sonny. I got a whiff of that stogie of his, and it smelled like an oven full of wet overshoes. That's the man, McGee. What man? The man who spoke to me when I came in. The one who was standing behind me while I talked to the... Oh, it is? Oh, my gosh. You suppose he's a secret agent for some foreign country? I wonder what he gee whiffs. Oh, simmer down. Nobody's going to bother you. I wonder if I should ought to have written my formula in invisible ink. Where'd he go? Maybe I ought to call a cop. You think I better run home and get my shotgun? Oh, the... stop jittering. The man's gone. He pulled his hat over his eyes and went on out the door. Attention, please. Flight 425, nonstop to Philadelphia. Now loading at gate 17. That's us, that's us. Come on, McGee. You got everything, kiddo? The tickets? Your hat box? All set. Hurry up. Well, uh, goodbye, folks. Happy landing. Mr. Wimple, I didn't know you were here. My goodness, you haven't said a word the whole time. Well... When Mr. McGee swore me in as a deputy this afternoon, he told me to keep my mouth shut. So well, I... you've done a wonderful job, hasn't he, dearie? Yeah, he sure has. Well, when I get to the Navy Yard, I'll put that in my report, Wally. Oh, thank you, sir. You don't need to salute, Mr. Wimple. Goodbye, kids. Careful now. Don't lean out the window. <laughs> Goodbye, Molly. We'll all miss you. And as for you, McGee... Yeah? Take care of yourself, you big lunkhead. Good luck with the high brass. Well, thanks, George. In parting, I want to say to you, my good friends, that as a patriotic American, I shall Come always... Come on, McGee, they're closing the gate. Wait, hold it, wait forever. Hey, hold it, don't close that gate. That's government business. Wait. Oh, isn't this exciting. Just imagine us off to Philadelphia on the midnight plane. Oh, this will be fun. This ain't going to be just fun, Molly. This is no school picnic, you It know. certainly isn't. We used to ride a hay wagon on the school picnics, and this plane has it all over. I mean, we're on a dangerous secret mission, Molly. Until we deliver the secret glue formula of mine to the government and show them how they can glue steel plates together and build submarines and battleships and half the time it takes to do it with rivets, we may be in constant danger. <laughs> oh, stop playing cloak and dagger, dearie. I ain't playing. Just because we bumped into a strange-looking man at the airport, don't let it worry you. Oh, I don't mean him. He ain't on this plane because I looked. Good. And don't think I'm worried. I got nerves of steel. But there ain't a foreign nation in the country that wouldn't like to have the secret formula and... Molly. Look, across the aisle, he had a newspaper over his face and... It's him. Oh, dear. Excuse me, I believe we can smoke now and I see you have a lighter. May I have a light? Light? Oh, light. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, allow me. Uh, hold my briefcase, Molly. I hope you don't mind. Uh, here, let me steady your hand for you. It's shaking a little. Yeah. Careful, McGee. You're singeing his eyebrows. Smoke a cigarette. Yeah. 
Halen. Fibber and Molly will be right back. Hello, folks. This is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. You may not realize it, but you have the key to my house. And all you have to do to get in on Wednesday nights is turn your radio dial to NBC. You'll meet my little family. There's Leroy. Hi, Unc. Hello, Leroy. And then there's our wonderful housekeeper. What are you doing, talking to yourself? No, my boy, I'm talking to millions of people. Oh, good. Can I say something to him? Well, I suppose so. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the kindest, most generous uncle in the whole world. Well, thank you. And just to prove it, he will not cross my palm with a quarter. Leroy. I'm going. That boy. Miss Gillespie! Yes, Bertie. Uh, Bertie's our housekeeper. One of your girlfriends is on the phone. Oh? Who is it? She sounds like a blonde. (laughs) I'll be right there. And, folks, on Wednesday nights, you'll meet Mr. Peavy. He isn't here now. No, I wouldn't say that. Oop, Peavy. Didn't see you behind me. (laughs) See you Wednesday night, folks. Sleep, Molly? I think so. He hasn't moved for an hour. I'm glad one of us is sleeping anyhow. Because with him aboard, I ain't gonna close my eyes tonight. Oh, uh, were you speaking to me? No, uh, uh, yes, he, uh, <clears throat> he said uh, good night, didn't you, dearie? Yeah, and good night. I uh, see, uh, in Philadelphia. <laughs> good night. Good night, all. <laughs> NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, Cliff Arquette as the ticket clerk, and Lou Krugman as the stranger. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night as our two travelers arrive in Philadelphia still guarding their precious secret formula from the mysterious stranger. Hear the heart of the news next on the NBC Radio Network.